Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. My name is Ralph, uh, Ralph McLeod. I am the owner and artistic director of the SoCap Comedy Theater in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we are at 154 Danforth Avenue on the second and third floor above the Black Swan Tavern. SoCap.ca is our URL. We do improv classes, shows, events, corporate events, private events. You can rent our space and do your own thing. Uh, you can arrange a class for us to come and you know, uh, for a birthday party or a retirement or something like that. Um, boy, oh boy, lots of different things that you can do with us. Uh, every podcast has a sponsor. Uh, this week's sponsor is the Canadian designer, Tommy Gofigure. Uh, Tommy Gofigure. <laughs> I don't care. It makes me laugh. That's, that's why it's here, because it, it made me chuckle. So Tommy Gofigure, uh, for all your... Uh, Neil Young um, tuxedo needs. Love me some Neil Young tuxedo. Good stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, so this podcast is about uh, improvisation and uh, for the stage and also how improv can affect and, and better. Yes, that's right. I use the word and better. You know, hey man, if uh, impactful can become a word, so can and better. To make your life better or uh, different or to try different things. And uh, that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, one of those things that's uh, that, that improv is really, really good at helping to develop it. Helping to develop. You can't have something happen to development. That's uh, that's not right. It's, uh, it's a skill that there's a lot of skills that improv will help you develop. Uh, probably skills that you didn't even think were possible. Uh, like, well, that's what we're going to get into today. So, um, if you have not seen the TV show Seinfeld, I recommend it. Or if you've seen it and don't like it, that's fine too. But uh, I did enjoy it very much. And uh, there is an episode, one of the one of the classics to me, I think, one of the classic episodes of that show. And uh, if you don't know the show, uh, very quickly, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, the stand-up comedian, has three friends, all with different quirks. And one of his friends, George, is uh, kind of a sad sack. And in one episode, he's lamenting to Jerry that he's approaching middle age. He's not married. He doesn't have a job. And he's still living with his parents. And that every choice he seems to make is the wrong one, to which Jerry counsels him and says, well... And if everything you do is wrong, then the opposite must be the correct choice. And George decides to do the opposite. And uh, he immediately walks over to an attractive woman at the coffee shop and says, Hello, my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. And she turns around at him and looks at him like he's the sexiest man alive. And she says, Who are you, George Costanza? Uh, and that's the beginning of a romance. And so it works. It works. And so that is something that you can definitely do in improv. And in fact, I'm, I'm often counseling my students to try the opposite. The opposite of what? Well, the opposite of what you would do in a certain situation. Uh, and I'll give you an example that I probably use a lot on this podcast because it's a good one. Uh, you know, a, a person comes home and declares to their spouse that they're having an affair. Uh, and then their spouse, uh, their response is, woohoo, amazing. Uh, okay, well, see, 
Now, why is that the opposite? Well, uh, when when we watch drama, there's certain rules, certain things that we expect. And here's an expectation uh, that unless we've had a, a situation ourselves in which we were excited to be told by our, that our spouse was having an affair, carrying on an illicit relationship without you know knowledge or consent or uh, prior understanding, our expectation is that person who receives the information would be shocked, saddened, angry, resentful, hurt, spiteful. These are reactions that in our world would make sense. And um, probably the vast majority of us would react that way. And on stage, when you're playing a character or it's pretend, you know, we're playing pretend, make believe with someone else. Uh, that's the reaction you will see most often is what oh no say it isn't so uh, but you can also do the opposite and in this case woohoo is kind of an opposite choice instead of being upset by it you choose to be elated by it uh, and, um, and and you know, the only question here of course for comedy purposes it works because the woohoo creates uh, some dissonance uh, some uncomfortableness because it doesn't make sense. So there's some tension that's built into the audience and they get a little nervous because they don't know what's going on. And so they're looking around like, oh, maybe I'm stupid. I don't get it. It's not for me. I'm being uh, pushed out. And then what's, so what's required uh, is an explanation as to why the woohoo happened. And, uh, and that's what you, you fill in. You reply. You add it. One of the characters adds in, uh, it could be the person themselves saying, woo, hey, you're cheating, and now I get to cheat too. Or you're cheating, oh, I've been cheating for a long time, and now I don't feel guilty about it anymore. And when you do that, the audience will laugh because the mystery has been solved, the dissonance has evaporated. Ah, I get it. Um, this can also be done by the, the other character too, who can say, oh, I see why you're happy because you've been cheating a long time and now you don't feel guilty about it. So anybody can fill it in. But the, the point is, when you do the opposite, it often will require a bit of explanation. But it is often very fun to do the opposite, to do the unexpected. If A is true, the opposite of A is probably also true. Meaning that, you know, I... I I have certain reactions to things and I, and I'm saying I and us, one, we tend to have the same reaction, to the same kind of information over and over and over again. And I think many of us get stuck into thinking that's the way it is. There is no other possible explanation or response. I hit a red light. Damn. I'm upset. I'm frustrated because I always hit red lights. Or... You know, uh, I really wanted this specific job and I didn't get it. Rats, I'm depressed, I'm upset. And the opposite allows us to think about, well, that's, that, is, that is one valid response to this stimuli. But there are other options. You know, we can't choose what happens to us, only how we react to it. And improv gets you a chance to go, okay, well, I didn't get that job. Okay, so what's the opportunity here? Well, I've got six more months to go write my novel. You know, that's a cliche example, but it is true. You have a little bit more time to do something else. 
When you're stopped from doing one thing, it allows you to do something else. Similarly, you stop at a red light. Ah, oh, nuts. Oh, ugh, I hate. I'm going to have to sit here for 30 seconds, whatever it is. Well, what about the opportunity it provides? Oh, well, I get a chance to practice being okay with disappointment. Whatever. That is a thing. And it is a thing. Um, and it doesn't. So, so everything doesn't have to be one way. We're locked in a pattern. And that's one thing that improv can show you is an alternative point of view or an alternative way of looking at something or an alternative strategy. And it starts to expand your mind and give you more options. You know, when we approach situations and we're not stressed, we tend to see more options. That's why they always say if you write an angry email, sleep on it before you send it. Because when you write the angry email, you're stressed. And stress narrows our focus, also literally narrows our focus, but also it narrows our focus in terms of our range of options that we see as possible options, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, right? Or flop, I guess, is the fifth one now. Uh, but we just see a range of, a, a narrow range of options instead of multitudes of options that do exist, but we often are because of bias and conditionings and all these things, just see a relative few options. And there are multiple options. Um, I'm not saying in every single case, but certainly far more than I would wager almost everybody, including myself, thinks about. I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I'm not in any way some kind of magical being that doesn't fall prey to my biases and conditioning. I sure do. Um, I tend to recognize it often, though. After the fact, it's too late. But for next time, haha, next time I will figure it out. Anyway, try the opposite. And just as the last little button on this, especially when it comes to fear, um, and fear, you know, rules our lives, uh, there are two ways, two very stereotypical ways that, that, that human beings tend to deal with fear. Uh, one kind, a person wants to control the situation, control the stimuli that's giving them fear, and another type wants to pretend it's not happening, make someone else responsible for it, run away from it, pretend it's not it's not happening. Um, and I think there's a <clears throat> there's a in psychology there's a thing called transactional analysis. And as a friend of mine who is a psychologist said, it's kind of like the it's it's a it's a it's not a good theory. It's it's the it's a good theory, but it's not really work in practice. But I find it works in, in improv for sure, and and I see a lot of it in in people on stage when they are you know being on stage heightens your level of anxiety and fear for everybody, unless you've had just a lot of experience or you're blessed in some way. Um, but but people tend to come in the, in those two conditions. They 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 control their fear or they abrogate it. And and going back to this. Uh, document I read on transactional analysis. It's like if you, it, uh, the, the example they use is pretend you're, you know, in your house and uh, you look over your neighbor's yard and there's your neighbor and their spouse and they're both naked out in the, in the, in the backyard. Uh, if, if that's something that would unnerve you, uh, the two the two types of people, one will go down and, and yell at them and put your clothes on. 
and the second person will close the shutters and run away and pretend it's not happening. Those are the, those are, those are very general and very stereotypical, and not true of everybody. But we tend to fall in that spectrum, and that's that's typically when, when it comes to uncomfortable situations, fear, we tend to control it, or we tend to walk away from it. And that definitely happens on in improv. I see that in in my students all the time, um, where they will tend to be in one of those camps or another. There's an improv type that are the writers. They are the people that come in and kind of dictate who people are and what's going on, and they're in their own head and they're inventing a lot. And then there's the type that that will tend to, well, what do you want to do? What's happening? Who are you? They'll ask a lot of questions and will be reticent to make choices about what's going on or how they feel. They rather just live and let the other person make these choices and then they'll go along. Um, and that tends to happen. But with improv, you can do the opposite. If you're someone who seeks to control all the time, you can let go and let someone else run the show and vice versa. If you're someone who likes to let other people take charge, you can practice taking charge in a place that's safe. So once again, improv gives you a place where you can role play and try things in a scenario that is safe uh, with zero stakes and to see what it's like. Uh, I've probably talked about this before, but I, you know, a lot of students will tell me, Ralph, this is, like, this is therapy. And I will always hasten to correct them and I'll say, it's not therapy because I'm not a therapist and I'm not going to help you. I'm unable to help you with your specific problem. However, I find that improv is therapeutic in that you can come and you can work out things from your life, uh, which I have certainly done. And you can, when you're role playing these things, make different choices that you that you made in at the at the time or if it's a, a situation that you were with and another person. Uh, some kind of conflict scenario, you can play their point of view, right? If you've been dumped uh, and you're always getting dumped, well, you can get on stage and you can play the person who's dumping other people or vice versa. You can see what that's like. You can get a window into a different experience. Empathy builds empathy. Anyway, try the opposite. This is what I'm, I'm encouraging you, uh, or at least just be open to the idea that well, this choice that I made that I, that seems to me at this moment right now, a no brainer. Like I, I have no other choice. This is, this is the only way to respond to that. Someone yells at me. The only way to respond is to yell back. Someone yells at me. The only response is to cower. No, maybe, you know, I don't know you, but I'm just saying that certainly in my life, things that I thought were ingrained and the way it was always going to be have turned out to be in some cases the opposite uh, or laughably wrong or short-sighted. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about today. So try the opposite, uh, you know, because you might just have a George Costanza moment. So that's uh, once again, that's been the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast this uh, month brought to you by the famous Canadian designer, Tommy Gofigger. Uh, for all your Neil Young tuxedo needs. Take care. See you next week. Bye.